0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Now listen, listen with your heart, and hear what the Spirit of the Lord is beginning to direct and say unto the church. For a moment in time shall come, and you shall feel your body lighten. And a pleasure beyond the description of human expression shall hit your body. And the blood in your veins shall turn to the light and the life of God. And you will be transformed in the smallest measure of time. You'll begin to lift up off of this planet. And your destination will be the clouds as you come into the presence of your Savior and the loved ones who have come with him to gather you into heaven for a time of celebration and preparation. Therefore, live your lives in expectancy of that moment in time in which your lives are racing towards. For no man knows, no, only the Father that is in heaven But oh, the season is dawning. Oh, the season is dawning of the move of God upon the earth. Show me that, Lord. The revelation of righteousness (laughs) in demonstration amongst those who will believe and stand amongst some of the most perilous times upon the earth. So recognize and realize you have been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. Abandon all that that would inhibit you. Abandon all that that would cause you not to enter in and freely enter into that which I'm doing in your midst with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your mind you shall see the glorious provision that I have laid up for you in this house for the days that are coming look not at the world look not at that which is going on in society or politics stay fixed on the one who is returning for you for the days are short and the assignment is important for many lives are in peril upon the earth And you have the message of life and blessing that will cause many to be diverted from a sinner's hell and to live eternally in the Father's bliss. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. For some would say, I don't feel like I'm moving forward. As a matter of fact, it looks like I've been pushed back. It doesn't seem like the prayers that I'm praying The faith that I'm releasing is having any impact whatsoever upon the circumstances of my life. But you must understand that you must look not at that which is seen, but at that which is unseen, For you must understand in your heart that I am faithful to my word, that I watch over my word to perform it, that my word does not return void, but it accomplishes that where to it is sent and prospers in the thing it was sent to. Therefore, if you have released my word, I am obligated to bring it to pass. So stand on the faith you have released. Stand upon the confession you have made and see the hand of the Lord, yes, in the morning, at noon, in the evening, and at night, working on your behalf in every area you have chosen to believe me in, and you shall see an acceleration of the answers, the blessing, and the glory into your life, for you have made a decision to look into the realm of glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord thank you Lord wow that was cool I like that thank you Jesus thank you Jesus well I'm good I'm clear anything else praise God thank you Jesus cool for now amen yeah you're in your time isn't that good glory to God Hallelujah. Isn't that good? You're here for such a time as this. There's a divine... Listen, not just a divine call upon you because you're saved. There's a divine call upon you because of the time in which you're living. You are, you are last day saints. You have to understand that. You have to get that in your spirit. You say, well, what if the rapture doesn't happen in my li- a lifetime? You're still a last day saint. You're still still a witness to the destruction of this world system and all the horror that's coming upon this earth. Thank God at the right time, God's going to pull us right out of here. Amen. But we've got to be busy about the master's business. Glory to God. Amen. Give the Lord a shout. Oh, give him a mighty shout. Praise God. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's study the word a little bit. Is that all right? If you will. We've been digging around. Everybody say digging around. You know, I like digging around in the Word of God. Back to to Peter, we're we're, we're using two scriptures in Peter as what I would call a jumping off place. Now, when I do these series, many times I have, because of previous experience uh, uh, in my mind, an idea of how these series will go, especially on subjects like faith, Gifts of the Spirit, redemption. I've taught on it so long and so many times that I have an idea. But now this is different. We actually began this series on the subject of change. How God is looking to change us, change our hearts, change our lives. How many times we exert our faith trying to get God to change things instead of using our faith in order for God to change us so we can change things. See, God has put an anointing in you. There's authority in you. There's the ability of the word of God and there's the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You are not some weakling. You're not some religious, you know, you know how the world looks at religious people like they're kind of weak and kind of dumb. Well, you're not that. As a matter of fact, you are a group of people who are probably uh, what I would categorize some of the most intelligent people upon the earth. Didn't get I amen on that. You said, why would you say that? Because you're smart enough to serve God in these days. I don't care what anybody does, what anybody invents. If they're not smart enough to serve God in these days, they're not very smart. But you are, and you're pressing in, and you're believing God, and and you've got hopes of the miraculous, hopes of the moves of God, hopes of the gifts of the Spirit that God is stirring in our hearts, manifesting miracles and signs. Listen, God's doing so much. How many of you had a major breakthrough in the past few months? Lift your hand up if you can. Isn't that amazing? You say, well, well, I haven't. Well, stay in there because you're going to get it. It's happening right now. There are such supernatural things scheduled for us here at Island Church. That's why we've got to press in, stay in faith, stay in prayer, live right, live righteous, and live holy. Amen? But as this, as this series has been going, you know, we got over into, into First Peter. And two different verses, uh, we looked at uh, we looked at them every week. Actually, for the past five weeks, we've looked at them. And we looked at one in particular last week there in chapter 4. We're coming back to chapter 1 this morning, and we're going to look at it and, and allow the Word of God, now listen to me, to expand the revelation of Jesus in us. Let me just say it like this. I want you to know something about Jesus you did not know. Now, let me say that again. I want you to know something about Jesus you did not know. Not some hidden, you know, obscure thing, uh, maybe in the Gospels or something that we've never really explored. I'm talking about K-N-O-W in a sense that not only you know it, you know it through experience, that you experience Christ on another level. Now, we experience him as Savior, healer, Deliver, deliver, baptizer in the whole, all these. But there's so many more things that God wants to do. So many more ways that he wants to reveal himself. You know, Hebrews 11, 6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For those that cometh to him must believe that he is. That he is. Now listen to me and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Now, that's not, that scripture is not telling us that God empowers people to believe there is a God. Because we could leave here, and we could go find the biggest sinner on the island and ask him if he believes there's, believes there's a God. He would probably say, I believe there's a God. I don't believe he likes me. I believe he's trying to kill me. You know, all that kind of stuff. But most people without any faith believe there's a God. You say why? Because it's natural in them. Let me just let me just say this. This might help help you or might help somebody watching. It's a great effort to be an atheist. You have to be in denial every day. The sun comes up, the sun goes down by the word of Almighty God. The stars hang in the universe. The moon comes out nice and bright and shines by the Word of God. The seasons change by the Word of God. Everything that is in nature operates by the Word of God. Even though there's an element of the fallen nature of the fall of man and humanity upon the earth, still everything operates as God created it and put it into order. It says in Hebrews chapter 1 in the Amplified that he, uphold, that he, the, that he upholds, maintains, guides, and propels the entire universe by his mighty Word of power amen. Yeah. hallelujah so with that in mind we must understand that we are handling the most important subject on the planet today and we are handling a power that the world knows nothing about government knows nothing about uh, i believe a few people in medicine know some things about it because i believe there's some things in medicine that guys got through prayer and intercession that we wouldn't have got any other way amen but i guarantee you in religion their ears are closed I'll tell you something cool that happened to me. I have a friend, he's a really wonderful man and goes to a denominational church and very very much a part of his church. And so uh, someone in their church uh, got, got very ill and had been in the hospital for a, quite a long time. And so he, he asked me, he said, would you, would you just pray with us you know, to, and believe God with us for, 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 uh, for this guy to be healed? And I said, well, you, you're believing God for a miracle. They're like, yeah. Well, this week he came, he said, you know, we got a miracle in our church. I said, what happened? He said, you know that guy we were praying for? I said, yeah. He said, he got healed. He was in church on Sunday. I was like, glory to God. Yeah. Amen. You say, what do you mean? God is moving. Yeah. I said, God is, people are hungry. God is moving. And we need to recognize and realize God is moving right here. God is doing wonderful things right here at Island Church. And he is preparing us. We are in a time of preparation right now. I believe we've been in a time of preparation for 21 years. Twenty years, 21, 20, I don't know. 20, going on 21, going on, Leah, going on. <laughs> she do not like my going on years, amen But I can just sense it in my spirit like I know like I know like I know there's another season coming in the natural. Now think about this for a moment. So say you're, say your favorite season is spring and summer, not fall and winter. so you're a real fall and winter denier, you know, yes, I, I bind it. <laughs> Man, I bind it in Jesus. Well, you know, and so you make a decision. I'm, I'm not going to dress like it's winter. I'm not going to act like it's winter. I ain't running my heater. I don't like heat. I like I'm not, I like the. I mean, I don't like cold. I like the heat. And so, you know, you just everything about your life. You die. and so we get a report that a, a huge norther's coming. You know, out of Canada. You know, one of those polar expressions coming down the plains, going to hit Texas, and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be freezing on Galveston Island. So you're like uh-uh, I'm a man of God. I bind that in the, and say, well, don't we speak to the weather? We do. Listen, we speak to weather that goes against the plan of God. The plan of God is for the weather to move in predictable patterns and even a hurricane is an anomaly because it spins the opposite direction which tells you right there it's demonic. Secondly, the fallen world system gives it a name, which gives it entity, amen? But thank God we have the name of Jesus. (laughs) We've got the name that is above every name, amen? And if you make a decision, well, I'm just not going to accept, and I'm going to stand on the top of the causeway with my hands out and say, you foul weather, go back to Canada. Did you know it won't? It'll sweep right over you. You say, why? Because it's the season. It's the season for that weather. The same thing is true in the spirit. We're moving toward a season. And in that time of preparation, God is going to prepare us for that season, not only to withstand the onslaught that's coming through this negative world system, but also to enjoy the glory of what he's sending to us. Now, in your Bibles, 1 Peter, (coughs) excuse me, 1 Peter chapter 1, this is the scripture we've been looking at. Let me read it. It's in verse, uh, verse 13. Wherefore, Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Everybody say, be sober. sober. And hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now notice it in the Amplified. So prepare your minds for action. Everybody say action. It says, be completely sober in spirit, steadfast, self-disciplined, spiritually and morally alert. Fix your hope completely on the grace of God that is coming to you when Jesus is revealed. <clears throat> now you say, what do you mean? What is this? This sounds like it's pointing toward a time in which Jesus will be revealed. Yes, we're living in that time. Amen. That word revealed is the same word we get the word Revelation from that the book of Revelations a Revelation is named after. It's not Revelations, it's Revelation, the Revelation of Christ. So every day, every day when you open your Bible, every day when you bow your knee, every time you come to church, <coughs> excuse me there is opportunity for you to get Revelation of Jesus. That Revelation to grow on the inside. Now remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16. He said, upon the Revelation of who I am, who I am, and actually, if you study that in the, in, the, in the true Greek, it's actually this, the revelation of who I am in you. Yeah. I'm going to build my church. So if we don't have any revelation in us, how can he build us? But that revelation of Christ is expanding in us, and the Bible says in these last days, <coughs> excuse me, open oh, me a bottle of water, when we, be, uh, when we should be sober and watching, thank you, sweetie, when we should be sober and watching, this is going to bring a grace we need. Everybody say, more grace. grace. Now, I like it. Let me read it in mine. Let me read it in my Passion Bible. I like this. It says, so then, prepare your hearts and minds for action. It says down here in the notes. (coughs) Let me find it here. Stay alert. Everybody say, stay alert. Stay alert. alert. Roll up your sleeves. Everybody say, roll up your sleeves. Fasten your seatbelt. Everybody say, fasten your seatbelt. Stay alert, fix your hope firmly upon the marvelous grace that is coming to you for when Jesus Christ is unveiled, a greater measure of grace will be revealed or released to you. So it's important that we do what? That we come and continually unveil him. He is the Word, was the Word, forever will be the Word. So as we expound upon the Word, seek revelation of the Word, we unveil him grace comes I mean you need a little more grace I mean a more grace so all you need is more of Jesus what was our song Ella we used to sing Mom, mama taught us more and more of Jesus more and more each day <clears throat> more and more of Jesus all along the way more and more of his great love so rich so pure so free more and more of Jesus I want more and more in Jesus so I give him more of me Amen. it's that simple Amen. Now notice, go go, if you were, we were in Romans chapter 4, taking this, what I would say, to the next level. You know, the Bible says to study. Everybody say study. To show uh, show yourself a proof, a workman, amen, that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. Now I've had people tell me this before. Well, you can't put that scripture together with that scripture and that scripture together with that scripture. No, I can, but the Holy Ghost can he is the true teacher on the inside of you that teaches you all things that's how you can be sure you're hearing uh, what you're hearing is of God because when it's not of God your spirit on the inside say don't listen to that that's not God I've had that happen to me many times but I've learned this over the years we learned it from our, our pastors when we were kids brother and sister Goodwin they said learn how to how to eat the meat and spit out the bones remember, remember when you used to eat fish like that before we all became great filleters you know when you cook fish, you're like, be careful out of the bones. My parents would always put bread on the table. You'd be just, eat a piece of bread, you know. <laughs> Romans chapter 4. Now, we, we left, here's where we left off last week. I've just got a few minutes. Let me invite you to come back tonight. I just sensed something glorious in my spirit. It says, now we read this last night, uh, excuse me, last week, about Abraham that he was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Remember that last week? Therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed unto him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Now think of everything you've ever done in your life that would disqualify you from even knowing anything about God and how God took and eradicated and erased all that in Christ so that you could know him. Wow! Thank God we're not judged on our behavior, we're judged on our response to Jesus. Because when you stand before God, he's not going to say, well, why did you drink? Why did you smoke? He's going to say, what did you do with Jesus? Who? Amen. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 16, whom do you say I am? Amen. So, but it was also for us on whom I'd be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead who was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification. Amplified, who was betrayed and crucified because of our sins and raised from the dead because of our justification and our acquittal, absolving us of all sin before God. Let me read it. I like it here in the, in the Passion. Let me read the Passion. It says, Jesus was handed over to be crucified for the forgiveness of our sins. I love this. And was raised back to life to prove that he had made us right with God. I don't think people, I don't think, this is one of the things here recently I've been looking at and thinking, now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So I pace to meditate. How much is Jesus involved with society? Just, just pull back from the church right now. How much is you? I guarantee you, here, what is it? This is the, we got one more week in August? One more week in August. I guarantee you, you get to September, second, third week, you go over here to Walmart, you're going to see Christmas decorations. Yeah, yeah. I, we got a magazine, when, baby? Uh, uh, Monday or Tuesday, I mean, excuse me, uh, Friday or Saturday, and it was all Christmas, 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 Christmas. Christmas. Well, they just just took that and turned it into some, you know, some uh, financial windfall for all the... Christmas. Don't cancel Christmas. They tried to cancel Christmas one year. Remember, that didn't work. (laughs) Tried to cancel Easter one year. Didn't work. Why? Why? Because his raising from the dead, because his raising from the dead is so important to planet Earth, because his raising from the dead is the proof Positive, Our sins are forgiven. Our sins are remitted. And we are right with God. We have right standing with God. Our righteousness and His resurrection is the proof of it. And the earth itself celebrates it twice a year out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let every word be established. So let me tell you the Christmas word and the Easter word. You ready? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus jesus and it is the proof you are forgiven help me jesus (laughs) chapter five verse one therefore being justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace have we been talking about grace access and now some of you understand some of you may be faith i know we have some that are going to be starting bible school i know we have others that are uh, you have jobs you have business listen listen there's a grace for your next step well i wish you'd come now no it doesn't it doesn't come now it comes when you step into it when you step in, when you sit down at that class, when you start that business, when you when you when you when you start that new project at the job, whatever it is that you need that grace for, that grace is there when you step into it. It doesn't come on you. Like, well, if it'd come on me, I'd do it. It'll never come on you. You've got to start doing it, and it'll come on you. Amen. Amen. We have access. By faith into, now notice, he's speaking of a specific grace. So what can we determine? By the context of the letter of the book of Romans and the way it flows, we've come to Abraham and see where Abraham had a 25-year process that was completed and confirmed. How did he do that? Grace. But now notice, here's the key. (laughs) Okay. By whom also, we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Amen. Amen. That's your problem. That's your problem. Hold on, go back up into, let's see. Verse, verse. Twenty of chapter four, speaking of Abraham, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory. Amen. Now let me re- let me read it. I like it here in the Passion Bible. Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteous, righteousness to us. And now he declares us flawless in his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God all because of what our Lord Jesus, the Anointing one, anointed one, has done for us. Our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness or grace that has given us a perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy burst forth from within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of expecting God's glory. Amen. 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 People like, say, "Well, I wish that worked for me." Amen. Now, I don't have to. Hear, let me do this, so I won't get myself in trouble. It's already eleven twenty, and I know I promised to get you to the restaurant before the Baptist. Everybody say, "God bless the Baptist." If you continue your study of Romans, you'll go into chapter six. Chapter six is a declaration of our flesh and how our flesh, in our flesh, we give an expression of what's on the inside of us, of what's stirring, what's either, either either good or bad, but with our flesh, we give an expression of it. We talked about it many times about people having football glory, baseball glory, whatever kind of stuff like that. But in reality, there is a glory in man that God wants. There's a glory in man that God wants and he wants it with abandonment and you, can, you know that by number one what you see in the old covenant how they respond, responded to the presence and the power of God and then we come over into the new covenant and we, we hear these words you know rejoice and joy and righteousness and we hear all these powerful weighty spiritual words and then people kind of regress into this religious like amen but I, I, I need to pay my light bill. And so we're always, always relegating a true, a true manifestation or a true, how can I say this, a true expression of joy out of us through an experience we are thinking we're going to have down the road when God answers a prayer and supplies that joy. Well, that goes directly opposite to everything in the Bible. You say, what do you mean by that? That joy, that glory, that rejoicing, that comes on the front end. That don't come on the back end. You say, what do you mean? It doesn't happen when you see it, when you you feel it, when you taste it, when you smell it. Listen, God is saying, listen, there is a dimension of grace. As Christ grows in you, as the redemptive revelation expands, it should get to an uncontainable point in which you say, you know, this is really good, but I ain't sitting here no more. I'm running, I'm shouting. I'm dancing, I'm doing whatever I can. I've had it happen to me in services and outside. I almost jumped out a window in Hawaii one time. And the Lord reminded me I was 12 stories up. But I got in there, got to digging around in Hebrews, preparing for a meeting, and God revealed and opened something up to me in what I call a mini vision, just a flash of a vision. And it so thrilled me. I mean, I didn't think... I didn't think to, to, you know, you need to put your hand, oh, you need to do that. No, it was a spontaneous thing when that revelation came. I was like, woohoo, woo, you got to be kidding me. Glory to God. I started running around. I remember there was a beautiful Hawaiian painting. I had a bed, I had a desk here, and there was, a, I think, a chair over there, and a, two big open windows, and the trades were just blowing. It was, and I, man, I made one wrap around that bed, came around that other way. I was like, stand, I danced a little bit. I thought, I'm going to go out that window, glory to God. And then I, right as I got to it, the Lord said, You're 12 stories up. I'm like, praise God. But you know, I'm going to tell you something about that revelation. God gave me the revelation of Hebrews chapter uh, 9, verse 12. Not by the blood of bulls and goats, but by his own blood. He entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. And and it it just exploded in me. And I saw that procession and I saw him pouring that blood upon the mercy seat. And I, and I thought, oh my God, that's, my, that's the remission of my sin. Everything I've ever do- done that's against the laws of God has just been evaporated by the power of that blood. Hallelujah. I mean, it hit me. It didn't hit my mind, it hit my spirit. And I saw it. And I saw it. We were in a meeting, an extended meeting in, F- in Declo, Idaho, before we moved to Twin Falls, before the church moved to Twin Falls. And uh, uh, I, was, I went there and, and was teaching on the subject of redemption, and the last night, we went a Sunday morning through a Friday night, and, and that last night, as I taught, there was a woman that came, and, and she, she sat, I've told this story a hundred times, but it had an impact on me. She sat on the second row, she dressed very nice, like she was a businesswoman. I, I, I never really found out who she was, but after this event, she started a church and has a very successful church up north of there. Now... I taught on redemption, taught on redemption, taught on redemption, started at the cross, went to the throne, all, the whole thing. That last night, I was about three-quarters of the way through the meeting, and she's got her, you know, she's a, she's a student, she's got her Bible, she's got her notebook, she, and this was before we had the, you know, the iPads and all that kind of stuff. And I was getting right down to that Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12 because that's uh, the culmination of redemption is when he poured that blood out. And she, she, I remember as I was teaching that, and I, I came around the pulpit and came around like this, and I saw her, and she, she, was, she just stood up, and when she stood up, she closed her Bible and her, her notebook and threw it on the floor. Boom, boom. I was like, boy, I done made someone mad. I done had somebody punch someone in the meeting, so I, done, I, knew, I, was, I knew I was in a pretty good meeting, amen? And she pointed at me, and she said young man i'll have you know now this is what she said i'll have you know i was raised in this church and i thought i have heard i had heard everything there was to hear about this book But this week you have gone night after night after night after night and you have exposed and you have preached and you have taught on things I've never heard, I've never seen before. And if you think I'm going to sit for another moment in this pulpit, uh, excuse me, in this pew, you're crazy. And she screamed. And I remember she had on high shoes and had a wood floor in that church. And when she took off on those high heels, the way she hit her hit those heels on the ground sounded like a gun going off. And when she did that, the glory of God fell on the church, man. It was just awesome. And that was just one person. Later found out she was a businesswoman, went up and started a church. That radically changed her life. So what we do is we sit in the pew many times and we hear these truths. We go, yeah, yeah, praise God, hallelujah. And then we're over, we, we, what, what has happened to us is we've gotten cynical. We've got, we've got what I call, what I've, I've called it the cynicism of faith. I and mean, I've heard that so many times. That listen, you gotta understand something, church. Revelation is not like that. You say, how can you listen to some of those old preachers you listen to over and over and over and over? Because it's not them. Yeah. It's not them. It's the revelation they teach. It's fresh, it's new. Every time you hear, I don't care if they preached it back in the 50s. I don't care if it's the Word of God. It's going to bring light to you. It's going to put life on the inside of you. And man, we're, listen, God just gave us a tongue and interpretation about the rapture. Are you out of your mind? I've never heard a tongue and interpretation about the rapture. God was giving it to me. I was going, I don't know if I ought to say that or not so we need to realize God is not withholding when you begin to see sure it can start in that it can start in the, in the conception in the incarnation and how the seed of the woman became this man Jesus and this man Jesus who was 100% humanity and also 100% deity you say how can you say that I can't he does And he came to one of the most obscure places he could ever go because he's the one that created it in all its perfection. As the Father spoke, the word moved, and the Spirit brought it to pass. And then he came and died the death of a murderer. He took a murderer's place, and he died for you and I. But then, as the Scripture said in Romans 4, to prove that everything God said was true, and that everything that God projected about restoring humanity back to, his, back to his heart was accomplished. How do you know, Pastor? Jesus rose from the dead. Amen. Jesus rose from the dead and was seen of many brethren. And he said himself, blessed are you If you have touched, if you have handled, and if you have seen. But more blessed are those who have not seen, who have not handled, who have not felt. And he is speaking of us. And that reality and revelation of Jesus that came to you in seed form through salvation is growing on the inside of you. It grows, you see him as savior, you see him as healer, you see him as deliverer, you see him as your righteousness, you see him as your joy, as your peace. You see him as the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, the first, the last, the Author, the finisher of your faith. And what does that do? That raises your head. What did God say? Look up. Look up. Don't go walk down like this. Walk like this. People say, what are you looking at? He says, I'm obeying the word. So, where what are you obeying the word? The Bible says, look up. My redemption draweth nigh. I'm looking for my redemption. He said, what do you mean by that? Well, my foot, my body's fixing to be glorified here any moment. You know, I'm just taking a little time today to worship God and thank him. But, you know, one day I'm going to be gone. I'm going to be here, you know. I'm going to leave. You're going to leave? Where are you going? Oh, well, huh? I'm going to go to heaven. Oh, I guess, well, no, no, I'm talking about just leaving the earth, you know, not dying. You say, would you really talk like that? Why wouldn't you? It's in the Word. Here's something. I'll close with this. I believe even more as we transition toward our conference this year, there's going to be an explosion of revelation about Jesus. And that's going to be your confirmation that this is these last days and that God is just pouring this revelation into the church. You say, why is that? because as that revelation grows in us it's kind of like a magnetic thing it pulls on his glory and as the church becomes active now listen these two words we're going to pick these up here in the next few weeks as the as the move of god becomes active everybody say active Active. and effective effective. because it can be active and not be effective but if it's active and it is god if it is the holy ghost it's going to be effective And we see that active, effective sweep. And it takes people to contend for that. It takes people to believe for that. It takes people to stand for that. And it takes people who will do what? Who will stand and rejoice and allow the expression of the glory of God to come out of them as they worship their God and expect what's coming in the future. I don't expect bad things. I've heard people, i heard a preacher preach, well, the IRS is coming after us, blah, blah, blah. They're not going to find me. Amen. You say, why are they going to find you? Because I'm not going to be in a place of being illegal yeah. where I need to be found. Yeah. Ooh, that was a good word, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ is bringing us a greater grace. Romans 5 says... By faith, we have access into this grace, referring to what Abraham went through for 25 years. So there is a grace for us to go through these last days as we rejoice, as we glorify God, as we... Mag- now, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to do it. i still got a minute or two. Our problem is we wait on a feeling if we could somehow sense some stirring or presence upon us, then there might be a response. That removes us from the the element of faith. I've run around churches, danced in the Holy Ghost, shouted, laughed, rolled on the floor, cried, done all kinds of stuff. Had every kind of emotion you could have in a meeting. 90% of it, I never felt nothing. I never felt nothing. About 10% of it, the anointing would come to minister. Usually when the anointing would come, it was for somebody in the service to be touched or healed. But I began to observe and watch people that flowed powerfully in the Holy Ghost. Then when given the opportunity, I would ask them, what would you feel? Without exception, they'd say this, nothing. The power of God operates by faith. God operates by faith. Don't get me wrong. There's been some anointings that have come, some that are tangible, some that are just unreal, but the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. We had to have a friend, still have a friend, good friend, who travels a lot. God uses him powerfully. And he was in a meeting he was conducting and he had never really danced in the Holy Ghost, shouted or anything like that before. And people were shouting and dancing running around the church, just expressing joy over the message he had preached. And he, he asked the Lord for a dance. He said, Lord, I wish you'd give me a dance. Like, I think it was the pastor he was referring to who danced all this. Would you give me a dance? Like, and the Lord spoke to him and said, a dance is not what I give you. A dance is what you give me. So understand this. He said, why did you run around that hotel room? What did you feel? I felt an unfeelable sensation that arrived in my spirit man that gave me a picture of what that moment in time was when Jesus poured his blood on the mercy seat. It was a revelation. I'll never doubt that. You could beat me to a greasy spot. I will never, ever doubt that. It removed any bit of doubt. It it was its foundation for belief, the Word. Then the experience came. But I cannot tag any type of feeling other than an excitement of God allowing me to know that. Who am I to know things like that? Who are we to know these deep truths of the word of God? Who are we? We're God's children. That's what God has chosen us for. So every revelation that comes to you, that excites you. See, I can think about that day in that hotel room, and I almost want to run now. Are you feeling something? No. I'm knowing something that's faith when you respond physically to what you know instead of waiting to feel something to know it amen. that's why people lift their hands because that's foreign to most churches oh and there they are all lifting their hands I thought they were being robbed no <laughs> amen that's why we sing congregationally the way we do Brother Roland leads us in such beautiful praise and worship and the wonderful praise team. That's why we do that. Amen? You say, why? So that you will have an opportunity to worship God and as you worship God to have a knowing come upon you and then give expression to that knowing. Oh, you love me, Lord. You love me, Lord. I remember one time I was worshiping God and I began to get that revelation of his love toward me and I began to think about how rotten I'd been toward God and it just broke me. I just wept and wept. You say, why? Because I realized the depth. The Bible says that we would know the breadth, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ, which paths all knowledge. That we might be, the last part of that scripture, that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. That's not some pipe dream church. That's not some, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing. That's now, God's desire is for us to be full with the fullness of God himself. Well, if any generation should, it should be us. Lift your hands. Father, we worship you. Thank you for your wondrous word. We do. We do. We glorify you. We do. We do. We magnify you. We do. We do. We, do. we exalt you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. You're moving upon our lives. We thank you, Father. Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, I'm just not living right. I'm not doing right. I need to get right with God. Or maybe you say, Pastor, I've never been saved. I don't even know what that means. I I, I don't know if I were to die, I'd go to heaven. I don't know. You can know. God loves you. God cares about you. So while nobody's moving around, everybody, bow your head. Close your eyes. Bow your head in reverence to the Lord. We close our eyes in respect to people around us. You say, Pastor, I-, I need to be right with God. Can I pray with you? Can I pray with you? Yes, you can. If you'll lift your hand right now, and say that's me. I need to be right. God bless you. One hand. Anyone else? Another. God bless you. Another, another, and another. God bless you. You can put your hand down. Put your head down once you've raised. Anyone else? But say that's me, Pastor. And I think there was one, two, three, four, five. Another one over here that was six. Anyone else? You say, why do you count them? Because you count. You count for God, amen? Anyone else? That's six people raised their hand. Quickly, as I look around one more time. Six people raised their hand. Now, here's how we're going to do it. In just a moment, I'm going to ask the church to stand. And all of you that lifted your hand, I want you to stand. Then we're all going to pray a prayer out loud so we, own, we all hear our, our own ears pick up the volume of our voice as we're praying, Amen? Now, after we pray, I want everyone that raised their hand to settle this in your mind. I am right with God. I am right with God. I am born again. I am saved. Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. That's all you need to determine today by the prayer that we pray. Amen? Stand on your feet if you will, church. You're going to help us out? Come on, you're going to help us out? Oh, give me a better amen. You're going to help us out? Come on, church at church on Sunday morning, six people raise their hand to get right with God. Come on, somebody ought to be thankful. Somebody ought to be thankful. Now let's pray with them, amen, that raise their hand. Here we go. Heavenly Father, right now I openly and I publicly I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I believe he was born of a virgin I believe he lived on the earth I believe he did signs and wonders and miracles I believe he died on the cross I believe he rose from the dead to prove he forgave my sins I believe it I receive it I accept it In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Areas of my life that do not please you, I ask your forgiveness. You know my weaknesses. You know where I'm not strong. But I lean on you, Lord. I lean on you, Lord, thanking you that I'm saved. My sins are forgiven. Heaven is my home. Jesus is my Lord. I'll never be the same. Jesus now thank God with them thank God with them amen come on thank God with them thank God with your feet. father we bless your name this morning thank you for being so glorious in our midst today we're amazed at what you're doing how your spirit flows how your word impacts our lives thank you father that we do have access into that grace we can go through these days we can make it through the trials the tribulation and the trouble for you're our God and you're mighty Lord, we can do it with joy, we can do it with righteousness, we can do it with peace, and we can be a blessing to others. Thank you for our protection and safety. We never take it for granted, Lord, that you keep our church. Lord, on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, or any other way of travel or transportation, we declare divine protection. Lord, in the righteous labor of our hands, as we work, as our students go to school, men and women in their activity of life, we bind the power of the devil that would try in any way to bring destruction against us. We declare in Jesus' precious name that we are protected in all that we do. And all that concerns us has the love of God surrounding it. Thank you, Father, for evangelism and fire in our hearts. Lord, as we go forth into the community, thank you that we go forth conquerors in Christ Jesus. There are people that every one of us are ministering to. There are people that we'll come across. Make the door of utterance open wider. Let us be effective in our communication of Christ, both with words and deeds. Father, we love you so much. We leave today walking in faith and love towards you. We leave walking in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.